What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the RMR podcast. Today, joined by special guest Nathan Keys of Vape Department. How are you doing today, Nathan? It's good, man. Good to be here. Thank you, Mitch. Likewise, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break down, you know, the state of just vape hardware and, and a little bit of the history, because I know you've been involved in the game for for over a decade and, and got a lot of experience to lend to this this conversation and this topic. But before we get into that, I start every episode off with our guest origin story with cannabis. So just kind of curious whether that's personal, professional, or a little bit of both, um, just when you kind of started engaging with, with the plant. Yeah, so I started engaging probably like, I, I listened to a couple other podcasts, a little too young, probably at 15. Um, had an older cousin growing up who was always, uh, you know, more experimental than I was probably, but uh, he came over to my house one night, parents sleeping downstairs, uh, sister in the room next door, and he brought over weed. So uh, my first time trying it, uh, you know, so you hear sometimes people don't notice it or feel it their first time, right? If you kind of, there's cert certain experiences like that people have, but hit me right away. I loved it right away. Kept doing it through a lot of high school on and off. Eventually, I was sitting in the kitchen with my mom. She's like, hey, Nathan, are you smoking weed? I said, yes, <laughs> I was honest with her. <laughs> and uh, she threatened to pull me out of high school. So <laughs> it uh, is it's the plant itself has been a little bit contentious, I suppose, especially in my early life. But professionally, man, it's been it's been uh, nothing but good since the day I got into vape hardware. Hey, I, I've avoided e-cig hardware and just stuck with cannabis vape hardware for the last 11, 10, 11 years. I don't even know. I've lost count. So. When, when did you first get introduced to to vape, cannabis vaping? Um, in in college. So, yeah, my my let's see, junior year, junior year of, of college, I had my first vape, and uh, they weren't good back then. You, as you know, we, we we talked a little bit. We we've been on we've been talking for almost forty five minutes <laughs> before this <laughs> podcast. But you remember, uh, like those stovetop coil vapes, yep. like the G Pen and the Atmos Raw. So those were some of the first vapes on the market, and. Uh, that's what I originally started selling on on eBay and on Craigslist and just hustling, trying to trying to, you know, I, I didn't have a job at the time. So make make some money hustling that and uh, eventually realized that I needed to start a brand because Craigslist and eBay and Amazon, too. They were they were taking taking my uh, my listings down. They 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 don't allow still to this day, allow any sort of vape hardware sales. So I realized I needed to start a brand and uh, started a company called Vape Parts Mart dot com uh realized that all these vapes are made of parts right they've got the mouthpiece they've got the heating area they've got the battery they've got the charger so i wanted to be the vape parts guy and i stuck with only cannabis vapes um from day one so uh vape parts mark turned into eventually vpm so I, i'm the founder of vpm.com and that's been a wild ride in itself over the last decade building that from selling uh, one vape at a time to we, we're now doing 6,000 vapes per month uh, retail. Wow. wow. And that's and, and I always tell everyone like, right, like people of our age that that when we started smoking cannabis, vaping was it? I mean, there's the volcano, right? A couple of the flower. I can't remember the, the wooden box of the flower, but that wasn't portable, you know, and when the vape yeah. pen came out, and it's hard for kids nowadays because they grow up with the jewel pen. You know what I mean? Like that's all the, the micro bars, right? Like vaping is such a big part of culture for kids but for us we didn't have that you had to like sneak out smoke and you stink like flour and it's like very hard to be discreet with cannabis at that time and i remember when those first vape pens came out it just was like 
I was like, this is the single greatest invention for cannabis ever. For sure, yeah. No, and that's one of the reasons, I mean, just the nature of how small they are. One of the reasons I got into the the, the sales of them is because I I had no money in college. I needed something that I could buy affordably and, and warehouse affordably, store in my college dorm room, apartment room, apartment bedroom. Um, I needed to be able to ship it out affordably. So just the size of the mouthpiece, the heating element, the chamber, the battery, the chargers, um, you know, just starting by selling parts and uh, exactly though, they're, they're certainly discreet and portable. And I think that's a big allure to them. And, um, things have certainly changed for the better over the last decade yeah. in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those first those first vape pens that we were talking about offline before we started those those G pens with the coil. You know, you had to have. I mean, even the the oil I had back then was just picturing in my mind. It looks disgusting compared to what, what the the oil and you know the beautiful concentrates of today. Back then, it was very tar looking. Right. I was probably using a paper clip to to you know as a dab tool to to load it onto the G pen. And we're talking those coils, yeah. you know, like uh th those early coils man like it could last you a month it could last you five days it could last you five hours but you know i don't think any of them ever lasted more than a month um, no not really and that's why we'd sell five packs of them and we moved through a lot of five packs you probably remember the wax glass globes too do you remember the yeah yeah call them glass globes a, a lot of products back then didn't even have like brand names they, they were just called generic whatever the product looked like a glass globe wax pen so um those certainly they would get so gunked up and clogged and they they just wouldn't work but well, uh, that was definitely that was an evolution from the you know i felt like those were better than the the, the g pens the g pen obviously looked much more sleeker you know what i mean the glass yeah. bowl like kind of looked a little crack pipe-ish if, if yeah, you will did. you know <laughs> but but that's that's on brand for concentrates you know we're heating up titanium nails with blow torches back then um but you know like you said the the vape hardware has progressed significantly since then you know as we moved into the cartridge era that's where yeah, like again the, the cartridge that was obviously the evolution that that g pen you know from my perspective started but the cartridge was like man just the game changer in terms of just discretion it obviously works a lot better than the g pens you didn't need to load oil it was just kind of a you know an easy going system um what was your kind of experience early on with with cartridges uh you know i think c-cell was really i'm sure a lot of a lot of you have heard of c-cell but they they really innovated and, and came out with a product that just worked worked really well prior to c-cell I, I was selling cartridges but cu customers just weren't happy with them they worked but i don't think that they were ever that excited about them there was never a brand name we used to just call them oil empty fill cartridges as crazy as that sounds but seo as you know mitch is a big part of what you know when you're doing online sales but we called them oil empty fill cartridges that was the first cartridge on vpm.com at that time it was vapepartsmart.com um and no the feedback wasn't great but that's what was around I, that may have been like 2016 or so was the first cartridge on vpm and yeah to see it progress into these ceramic core atomizers um, now you're you're getting into wickless atomizers that, mm -hmm. that customers are the feedback's been great now i mean it's uh, you know clogging leaking is not nearly the concern that it used to be yeah and that was i didn't have an actual vape cartridge until probably 2016 27 whenever adult use recreational started in washington that's when i first had an experience with 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 the cartridges and that was like 
again, the evolution of the, the G pen was game changer, but then the cartridge was like, oh my God, dude, it looks like a pen. You know what I mean? Like, again, the discretion. I remember being able to take it into, you know, allegedly into, you know, sports events or things like that. You know, you could take it out your pocket, put it in the little thing, walk through security. And you're like, bro, I'm able to consume cannabis like pretty much anywhere without with being discreet, without really offending anyone. You know, obviously, if you have really good oil and stuff, then it, it, it does get a little loud, you know, uh, smell wise. But but it's a lot easier to take those to, to events, family, you know, family functions, anything like that. Right. To be able to consume cannabis and be discreet. Um, you know, we're moving into this new era. Right. Like you said, like Wickless things like that, but the disposable has been getting hot over this. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. When did you notice that trend to, to disposable start, like start? And then when do you feel like it started to really catch on fire? I feel like for me, so I've been in the wholesale game now. I'm spending most of my time at vapedepartment.com um, trying to, you know, serve wholesale clients. I'm using my history at VPM, just, you know, all the connections I have with the manufacturers. Now I'm in the wholesale game. And I say that because I don't have a ton of history in the wholesale space, but in the last couple of years, I'd say really just in the last year, I'm noticing a lot more customers when I'm getting inquiries from clients around the country. They're, they're now saying they're not really asking me for cartridges. I have, I have clients who are saying, I don't want cartridges. I'm not even going to explore cartridges. I just want disposables. I've got clients in Michigan who are doing that. who are saying, look, the, the, the market's already saturated with cartridges. Uh, the future is disposable. So that's what people are. That's what a lot, of, a lot of people are moving towards. And I'd say in the last year, it's become uh, pretty obvious to me, anyways, that that's just that's the way that things are going. Um, which not not every there, there's some pushback, and I think a lot of that is environmental. There's some clients yeah. that you know say, "Hey, I, I don't want to get into that because you know it's destroying the environment." But uh, the, the market's demanding certain things, and I think that the market's moving in that direction because of consumer demand. And that's, you know, living in the Seattle area, we're very, very conscious, right? Like the cannabis consumer for a while really rejected Mylar bags and wanted glass for, I, I don't even, I don't even know if it is that much more, you know, the, the environmental impact of recycling. I'm, I'm not an expert in that area, but like yeah. the market is very uh, centered around sustainability. Not everybody, but in Washington specifically or the Seattle market specifically, sustainability is a huge thing. And I remember early on when disposables were catching steam in California, I was like, man, I don't know if Washington will get on the train just because it's just kind of anti what a lot of people really, a lot of people that are very loud stand for. But I started seeing Washington get to the party a little bit later than some of these other markets. But once they were on board and you see people that can't, you just like, you can't, you know, once something has momentum, you just can't deny it. And I, and I see in dispensaries, people like, I was overhearing someone just the other day and I've heard the same thing, iterations of this a lot where a customer's like, Hey, what vapes do you have? And like, Oh, we have these cards. And like, bro, I have like nine batteries at home. I don't have one on me. I yeah. want a disposable. Yeah. And I've seen customers like you don't, you're out of disposables. I'm leaving this dispensary. I'm going to go to the next one. And it's not because they don't like carts. It's just the having the grab it and That's go. That's why they call them, they call them all in ones instead yeah. of disposables because of that negative connotation made with disposable. But uh, yeah, all in ones or now I'm starting to see people calling them ready to use vapes. Hmm. So I think brands are now kind of trying to get more creative uh, instead of calling it a disposable. It's an all in one or a ready to use vape. But you're right. It's nice to have something ready to use. It's just, you know, it's not it's a battery included. Just use it. And I don't know. It'd be nice to be able to recycle it. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's where you look at like the pre-roll category is huge, right? Like me personally, I don't ever buy pre-rolls. I like to roll my own flour, but the fact of the matter is some people can't roll, but they also just like to be able to pop the top, light, you know, walk out of the store, light their pre-roll. Like it's just, it's the similar concept of the disposable I look at, you know, yep. um, and it's obviously the consumers are there. It's just the demand, like you said, ready, like to be able to walk out of a store and immediately consume. <laughs> like it's just, I'm not saying everyone does that, but and just that like uh, uh, most brands are now, I mean, they, they want to make sure the voltage is accurate. They want to make sure the resistance is accurate. So it's all dialed in. Whereas if you just have a cartridge, who knows how charged up that battery is right. going to be, who knows what volts that the battery is going to be at. So I think that brands also on a performance level are kind of liking the control that a disposable provides them because they're able to dial that in with their full unit uh, to give that customer, a, you know, the experience that they want them to have. No, that's that's a great that's a great point. Having that control of that experience is 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 key to enjoying the product. And so when you're working with a client on that note, how how many devices do they go through? Like, what's the process usually for them to kind of figure out what's a fit for them and then how to dial in their their formulations with that? Yeah. So with vape department, I'm doing things just how I feel like I see the industry, just from my experience of I've lived in China for a decade. I'm sorry. I've been in the industry for a decade, lived in China for a year. So I'm just I'm trying to give the clients a whole industry approach where I'm giving them access to a lot more manufacturers than just one. I'm not exclusive with one manufacturer like a lot of distributors or wholesalers are. I'm working with a dozen plus manufacturers. So I'm sending I mean, it depends on what the client wants exactly. But if they're wanting a disposable right now and they say, oh, you know what? I want a half gram and a full gram or I want I'm also exploring a, a two gram. Maybe they let's say they're just going with two capacities. I'll probably send them 15 different disposables. Maybe I'll send them 10 of the full gram and, and five of the, of a two gram disposable and they'll, they'll do their R and D they'll do their testing. They'll be like, well, uh, we actually don't like the design of five of these, five of these didn't perform quite right with our oil. Uh, we like these few and we're gonna, you know, narrow it down from there. So definitely I, when I'm sending samples out for R and D purposes to clients, they're, they're getting, the whole kitchen sink from the industry and what is it what do you think are the people that like what are they looking for that makes it fit obviously the oil's got to work for, with it but like as far as look and feel like what, what are all those aspects people are taking into I, I think a lot of things a lot of it is what i just design design matters i think in a lot of ways and how customizable the device is there's some that some just don't have maybe the buttons in the way if there's a button maybe the windows in the way maybe the mouthpiece is weird maybe the charging ports in a weird location um maybe the light is in an odd location design does matter and and when a brand wants to slap their logo i mean that's what these brands are doing they're 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 customizing the vapes with their branding they want to make sure that that looks nice they, so um i think that that plays a role as far as what device they end up choosing Obviously, performance, no clogging, no leaking, uh, just hitting real smooth, good flavor. Um, yeah, things like that. How often are you seeing things like, I mean, because I think it's like most things in, in this life, like something that's the best fit for one person and then the worst fit for someone else. That, that, that All the time, man. It's that. weird. It, it's just how, that's how it is going. I, I do see trends where like I have a couple models that people are choosing more than others. But I've got other other clients who I'm, I'm shocked that that was your favorite because these other clients didn't like it. But I think everyone's oil is a little bit different. Some are using rosin, resin, distillate. Um, it just depends on what what you, what design you like and what what your oil is like. 
Has rosin been the, the you know the most difficult for people to to dial in their you know something that works for for that material? I would say so, but it's becoming so popular now. So I'm having to make adjustments, and I'm talking to a lot of manufacturers, telling them, "Hey, we need to lower the temperatures," because all the feedback that I'm getting from samples across the industry is, "Hey, this is burning too hot for me." Mm -hmm. Really like the design; it's really close. Like the performance is good. It's not you know it's 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 almost where we want it but it's burning too hot. So we'll have to lower the voltage or increase the resistance and dial that in. We've done that for clients in the past. And uh, yeah, uh, that's what we do for these rosin clients who need something that's burning, that burns a little bit cooler. Is that a fairly easy process to get a manufacturer to, to work on the, on the heating element? Is, like is, that? Yeah, it, as long as they believe in future sales and, <laughs> and myself, as long as we trust that the, the brand is gonna be able to, um, you know, grow over time if they're not already big then yeah, it's easy. Or if I just push them hard enough, they'll do it. <laughs> they'll yeah. do what I, I ask them generally. And then what about, you know, like we're seeing this, you know, the atomizer, right? We're seeing, you know, quartz started to started to make a wave. And then we're seeing some things that are, you know, wickless. What what is what is kind of your take on on that that, you know, the heating element and then the trends you see there? Yeah, certainly wickless. So like no cotton. Um that even like the the ceramic core atomizers, those traditionally have always, I mean, since they were, since they came out and really did kind of revolutionize the industry, um, those are wrapped with cotton. Not everyone knows that, but that, that's actually wrapped with cotton so that the oil absorbs through the cotton and disperses around the ceramic core. But just in the last, I would say six months, there's a lot more manufacturers now. There's been a, a bigger push towards going wickless. So the ceramics able to absorb that, that liquid and disperse it without the cotton and uh certainly postless so like here's an example of something that's postless i lost the one that i showed you earlier yeah typical me just losing vapes everywhere but um <laughs> you can see there's no center post so it's a right. nice viewing window right through there um the, the vapor path is just along the sides there so you can't even see it um that way you know you have a really good view of your oil it's unobstructed by that central post so that's kind of unique and i that's that's a trend that i don't see going here is um I don't see that going away anytime soon. So okay. this is a nice viewing window. I guess people are listening, so they can't even see. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they, can, they can see on this if they're watching. They'll listen later. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge viewing window. This is a full gram disposable. And big old viewing window. You can customize with your logo on the tank there. You can put your logo anywhere on the battery casing. Um, yeah. So that's just some of the trends that I see. And I, as far as postless, I, I think that's... That's the way that the industry is moving and definitely not going away anytime soon. I would say mm -hmm. central posts are probably not going to be seen very often soon enough. And you think that's just basically to, for a better view of the oil? or I think so. It's just a better showcasing of the oil. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you, if you have some pretty colored oil and you can just see, you know, see right through it, I, I definitely I definitely can understand that that works with the consumer um, a little bit more. Um, but and that's the crazy thing too is we've progressed through these concentrates over the, over the years, right? Starting with most of those original vapes being dissolute, and then live resin having its run, and then now rosin's coming on. It's like you you got you working with the manufacturers uh, never can just get comfortable, man. It's always got to kind of rework the formulation based on uh, the the input material. I'm sure. Right. No, that's a good point too. What do you do? You feel like like rosin is really taking a ton of market share? Or you feel like live resin and dissolute is still going to hold on a, a, a decent, you know, piece of market share. 
from what I'm seeing in the market, it was really only about a year ago is when I started getting requests like, hey, Nathan, I need something for rosin now. Um, but since then, and that back then it was like, oh, wow, okay, this, this seems like something that's unique. It seems like a, maybe a brand new trend. And it, it seems like it's, it's staying. It's certainly staying par for the course there. Um, people are wanting, people are wanting rosin disposables right now. That's like, I'd say that's the majority of my leads that come in. They're saying they want rosin disposables. So I don't know that I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly, but I'm, I can tell you that based on the, the leads that are coming into me, they're, they're asking for rosin disposables more often than not. Yeah. And that's like you said earlier, that's been a difficult one. I know for my friends that run extraction companies and, and have cart companies, I know that's, that's been a, something that a lot of people have been R and D over the last year, year and a half and trying to yeah. get everything dialed in. I've had clients that just, it, my stuff wasn't, I mean, to be honest, some of the stuff wasn't dialed in for rosin. So uh, a client, a pretty important client of mine for 15 months, he didn't find something he loved. Finally, finally, now that this wickless postless models out, his stuff landed in Michigan two weeks ago. So uh, it just it took some time for the industry to catch up, I think. And now it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, like all things, once consumer demand takes over, then everybody's going to want to hop on the train and, and then we'll see more development. Because like you said, if, if there's demand and there's money behind it, that's what that's what's going to ultimately make, yeah. you know, manufacturers switch up and and, and trends really start to explode. Uh, where where do you kind of think the next couple years of of vapes is headed? It's a good question, man. Um, I, I think like like it or not, and and some of my clients when I've told them or they've noticed the trend, they're not liking it. Um, but larger capacity, two gram, three gram, it's wow. happening. It's happening right now. I've got a client just had a meeting with them. They came to Phoenix a couple weeks ago. I told their CEO and uh, their COO, younger guy who was a COO, um, we're like, hey, we're noticing these trends. And uh, CEO, CEO's like, shoot, maybe I should have listened because, um, you know, they just placed their order for a full gram. And now they're like, well, maybe maybe we want to at least offer additionally a two gram. So I don't know when it ends. Is it going to get I mean, I I can offer you samples right now, Mitch, of four gram, maybe even five gram disposables. For Damn. Yeah. So. I don't know when it ends. <laughs> how, how big are these things going to get? And that's like, I mean, I guess it's like a value thing to the consumer, right? Like everything else, if you want to buy, if you're, a, if you're a frequent smoker, you know, you want to get buy a little bit more. And when you buy in bulk, you usually get a little bit better of a deal. But, um, but I don't know. That's like the, for me, you know, I don't know. I guess I haven't really, I don't know if I've had a two gram or above, but I know even sometimes I personally prefer the half grams just because, I feel like the flavor, it's like more, again, buying from brands, it's always random hardware or whatever, but I feel like yes. the flavor more consistently across the spectrum of like, you know, a half gram is a way to experience the flavor the whole time. Sometimes a, a gram gets clogged yeah. or yeah, that's true. some shit at some point. And I think that's why I'm seeing more disposables uh, with, with like two gram capacity or higher. They've got buttons so you can have more control over, you know, over the time span of using that, that full two grams. And most like for, for you seeing disposables is almost everything rechargeable at this point or. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rare now that it's not rechargeable. There's some half gram models that I don't have charge ports on, but I think almost all of my full gram and up now I'll have charge ports. So that's clearly something that consumers are wanting is to be able to charge that thing up if they need to. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I rarely have to, but I, I do remember some of those yeah. early ones, and it was like the worst when you'd go to hitting, like, dude, this I have like half, half a gram left in here, and it's like, it's a, truly a disposable at that point, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, I can't mine the oil out of it, right? It's just done for. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, but that's that's the thing with these with these trends and improvement, right? Like, a trend happens, people hop on it, and then there's consumer feedback, and then they go and, and, and continually adjust the formula. Um, I even noticed with, you know, with vape pens, like just on the on your traditional battery for a cartridge, right? Like there's obviously some people that opt for the button, some people that opt for without. Do you have a personal preference on either or it's kind of whatever the customer? As far as a, a battery with a button? Yeah, button or just straight oh, pull through? I, um, I prefer a button for sure. That way you have the control. Yeah. Um, just changing that voltage throughout the course of your, of your cart. Um, so that, that's, that's also why I, I, I think in some ways, like we talked about before the podcast carts are probably, it's, it seems like, I mean, they're certainly popular high volume sales, but disposables are taking some of that market share. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of that control that, you know, like you said, that people might have eight batteries, but they might not have one on them. And if they do have one on them, is it going to have a button that they want to adjust voltage on? So people are just buying those disposables that they can pop out walk out of the dispensary and start using and if it tastes good i mean ultimately at the end of the day that's like the most important thing you know what i mean if it tastes good or and good is subjective right like yeah. it doesn't matter what we're talking about some people prefer the strawberry fake botanical like that's what they want and some people you know cannot stand that and want it to taste like actual cannabis right now on the first side there's people that don't like the taste of cannabis that's why they like the fucking strawberry milkshake or whatever yeah. Do you notice much of a difference when it comes to hardware of working with with cannabis derived terps versus botanical terps or um and you know Mitch I I I wish that I had a lab I wish that I you know I, I haven't even visited a cannabis lab that fills this stuff so my next hire when I hire someone it's going to be someone who a lot of vape hardware guys they're not like in in it going actually visiting these these facilities these oil facilities these these uh manufacturers making making all this they're they're not visiting these these places and actually like filling it and and visit like actually experiencing all of that so my next hire i want to hire someone who's actually been through all that so I, I wish that i could answer some of that but yeah yeah but it's more so yeah so feedback based on the customers and it's up to the, i mean again if if most of the people that are buying this stuff are R and D, and they're trying to dial it in. What 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 their concentrate, what the quality of that is, what concentrate they have, what device it goes into. Um, do you notice like? Do you notice? I guess people, you know, buying hardware, and then, um, like you said earlier, you know, he bought the one gram, and then autom automatically want the two gram. Do you feel like there's a lot of people, I guess, that are behind the curve that kind of realize quickly, like, hey, damn, I'm behind the curve, and are consistently kind of chasing the next thing versus people that are buying something and sticking to it? I think there are, you know, solid brands like to stick to things. They're really slow to get moving on thing on on changing hardware suppliers or or going to a different model or whatever. But, um, and and yeah, once they're once they're on a certain model they tend to stick with it but uh you know i i do think that a lot of brands are able to to adapt quickly and i think that helps what do you think is the main thing for someone like purchasing vape hardware what are the main things that they need to consider or that they, that they might not think of you know it, it definitely depends on the client 
depends on, I think a lot of its budget. I've got some clients that are like, Hey, Nathan, I need to save money. I'm actually, you know, that's why I'm here right now is to save money. I'm in a really competitive state. Michigan's one of those states where I have a surprising amount of clients actually who they just can't, they can't afford a $2 cartridge. Even a buck 50 is too much for them. So uh, that's definitely a, a big consideration. Obviously performance like we've talked about is huge. Uh, filling and capping. Um, do you want a screw on cartridge? Do you want an easy press cartridge? What, how, how are you going to be um, capping your cartridges? And can you do that at scale? If you're gonna buy 50,000, 100,000 of these things and you're moving that many a month, how are you gonna fill them and cap them? And, and what, what filling and capping machine company do you have so that the cartridges are compatible with it? Which for the most part, it's fairly universal, but it's not always universal. So it's good. Like that's the question I ask my clients is, Hey, who are you using for filling and capping? Uh, Cause I want to make sure that I give you the right hardware. I want to make sure that it's um, packaged the right way for your operation so that it's easy for you guys to uh, pop them out of the boxes and fill them and bring them to the capper make sure the foam is all is, is spaced out appropriately. Things like that. Yeah. And how much is leaking? You know, obviously, like we said, it, it's improved greatly from those early days. But how much is like leakage? Is that still an issue in the vape vape market, or not nearly as much? Um, as you know, I don't have nearly the type of feedback I used to. Just from on, on the VPM.com retail side of things, we used to get those kind of complaints with all a lot of our our oil hardware when it was new. But for the most part, it's rare that I get even an email from VPM.com support, uh, just retail customers or any of my clients. It's rare that they have leaking concerns. Um, not to say it hasn't happened, but generally, usually I feel that it's it's user rare, where it's it was the easy press mouth key, mouthpiece not quite capped fully. Mm-hmm. Was it was air able to leak through there? Because then if, if air gets in there, it's like a straw. If you take your thumb off the straw, the water is going to pour out of the straw. Um, so if if that cap wasn't fully seated, then you're going to get some leakage. Yeah. I mean, it's for you, you've been in the, you've been in the, in the game a decade. So you've been seeing it from when there was no good yeah. options to now, now there's multiple good options. Do you personally have a preference of like your, your favorite devices on the consumer side? Like, is there, is there a particular model that you enjoy most as a consumer, not even as the, as the wholesale guy? Um, well, if you're, if we're talking dry herb vapes, I would say, I mean, there's different categories. You got, you got dry herb, you got wax, you got oil. Now dry herb, I would say myself and many, as you know, PAX is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's very rare that a customer is upset with the PAX and the way that they're so sleek, portable, easy for your pocket, great flavor. Um, just, yeah. And an awesome brand all around, kind of like the Apple, at least they want to be the Apple of the cannabis vape industry. But I would say probably the stores and bickle mighty is okay. the world's best dryer vaporizer and on the e-rig side of things uh that just depends man um, there's a lot there's a lot out there but uh i, I like the x max cuomo uh okay. it's only 89 dollars, so that's a that's a really maybe it's 99 now but that's a really nice e-rig that's super portable super tiny glass quartz banger in there and uh it it rips for how tiny it is and then on the hardware side of things i'm i'm thinking you know postless wickless these are what are hitting best right now yeah these little disposables and how how often do you get to uh, try try your uh, customers products that are using the hardware you got mitch i gotta be honest with you dude i don't i haven't smoked since january of 2021 Woo! yeah so um 
I, I smoked in high school, like I said. I smoked in high and in, in college uh, quite a bit. I smoked on and off. I, I vape on and off, but I haven't vaped in a long time. So, oh, I, rather than rather than make up a lie, and man, I, I know that it's a little <laughs> bit, you know, it, it is what it is. So, like, if, if I get some hate for that, I get some hate. But since you asked me straight up, being hey. honest, with you, I don't I don't consume regularly anymore, and that may change. It very well could, because I really do like cannabis. It's just not the drug of choice for me at this point in my career and my life. And that's and that's something we we always obviously we're we're very friendly on the you know cannabis friendly smoke friendly over here at RMR, but for always sure. respect everyone's choices. And it's funny we we got one of, one of our partners on our nonprofit has a. Uh, He's always taking breaks and he's on like a two year break. And he just told me the other day, he's like, man, I might not ever smoke again. And uh, I'm yeah, like, I know processors that aren't smoking. I know, I know, I know processors who are, you know, extracting oil who are like, Nathan, I don't, I don't vape. I don't smoke. I don't even smoke anymore. Um, yeah, it's just how it is. I know a lot of hardware guys that don't, a lot of hardware guys, most of the hardware sales reps don't. So that's yeah. why what I mentioned, like I, I actually want to ha hire someone who's, who's, been in an extraction facility who's really um that just adept at, at that kind of thing who really understands the oil um because you know i've been a, a solid hardware sales guy for 10 10 years and i need help with with some of these things yeah but i mean like you said a lot, a lot yeah. of it is based on you know the the customer and them getting it right for, for sure. them right and so like like you said what's right for one person can be wrong for someone else so it's not even like your personal preference doesn't always it isn't always the doesn't always matter to someone, right? It's, it's them getting something that's right for them, the right formulation, the right device that's going to hit all the notes that they care about, right? And looking at everything, like you said, there's price point, there's functionality, there's obviously design. You have to take into all these components, and you don't always get to uh, get to hit everything at the exact level. You know, you got to you got to pick and choose, right? And that's and I think that's a basis of life, right? Like um, finding what works best based on your criteria. For sure. Absolutely. You're right about that, man. <laughs> so for people out there that want to want to get in touch, man, vape vape department, you know, vape dept.com. Yeah, you can also just go to I'm a domain name nerd like we talked about. So I bought the surrounding domain names for vape department. You can just go to vape department.com or vapedept.com. We just wanted to be kind of cool and trendy, I guess, with DEPT. Yeah. Like fire department. <laughs> vape department.com. Um yeah so yeah that, that's that's my wholesale game right now is uh trying to serve cultivators and and oil brands with quality cannabis vape hardware and uh got a handful of solid clients right now and i'm looking to grow and i can keep costs down that costs just are it's not for everyone i guess a big concern but it seems like the industry is kind of becoming more yeah. more sensitive to that so i'm operating right now out of a 97 square foot warehouse and i've got very little costs associated with my business right now so Happy to help uh, any clients out that want to reach out. I mean, that's a that's a big a big value proposition to have low overhead P provides a lot of flexibility on the on the cost side. But then also, you know, one of the things that most attracts me to, to your business is being able to work with multiple manufacturers and, and find what's right. It's not one simple product line, one manufacturer trying to make sure that fits yeah. everything. It's, it's definitely weird, man. What I'm doing is weird. Like I'm not claiming to be a manufacturer. Um, uh, you know, I, I am a middleman and I'm, I'm cool with that, but I, I've worked with these manufacturers for such a long time. I have a good relationship with pretty much that, the majority of them, I'd say, and I'm building relationships constantly with them, building strong relationships. So I ask 
for better deals. I ask for factory direct pricing that I can offer my clients. Like I want to offer my clients factory direct pricing. So I just ask them for a little cut and that way I can exist and help these help clients out. Yeah. And that's what you see. You got the whole suite, man, the whole, the whole suite of, of, of products, man. So anyone out there, you know, try to find some vape hardware, dial some stuff in. If you're live resin, rosin, you know, looking for something else, man, make sure to, to holler at Nathan, man. He'll get you laced with some samples of, of multiple devices and and use decade plus of experience to help you get get right. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe is somewhere underneath Nathan. Go ahead and hit that. Leave a comment, even if it's hate, man. You know, even if it's personal hate on me, yeah. leave it. Leave the I'll comment. Take it. We'll, I can take it. We'll take the engagement. <laughs> if you listen to Spotify, make sure to follow. We'll be back with more content. We actually have another episode coming out today um, with Tim Blake from the Emerald Cup, and then more stuff. We've got Ricky Williams from Heisman coming on later this week too. So stay tuned for more episodes.